listening to Free Talk with Mr. B. Hello, hello, and welcome. This is Mr. B on Free Talk with Mr. B. Our guest today is really trying to highlight about not giving pearls to swine. He wants us to be careful, careful about what we give away, because not everyone appreciates what they get. So he's focusing on himself, focusing on family, and that's okay. Let's hear from him. This is Free Talk. Free Talk with Mr. B. Hello, hello. So how are you doing? I'm doing good. You saw? Pretty good. Can't complain. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Where are you located right now? Right now I'm in Delaware. In Delaware? Yeah. Okay, that's um, approximately how close to New York is that? I keep telling everyone you're East Coast, New York. I am on the East Coast, and we are actually about two hours from New York South. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah, so, not too far. Right. And I, My nearest major city is probably Philadelphia. I see, I see. I can't remember where you were born. Trinidad, Port of Spain. I mean, oh, in the Port of Spain, the northern part of Trinidad and Tobago, right? Yeah. I, it's, I've been so distanced from where everyone else is. And uh, and now, and, oh, whoa, that's a big transition. Is the city um, Philadelphia? Is that where you first landed when you went to the US? No, well, when I, when I came to the US, I went straight to Long Island. Long Island, New York. Um, and uh-huh. I, I, lived there, I lived there probably till about 2000. I think around December 2000, we moved to Delaware. I see, I see. Been here, been here ever since. I think I had, I had a, about roughly a six, seven month stint that I, I was in Pittsburgh for. I had moved out there to work, but I couldn't get rid of my house in Delaware at the time, so I ended up coming back. I see. What kind of work, is, what kind of work do you do? Well, at that time, I was working for a steel company. Okay, cool. That's nice. Yes. Doing for um, maintaining some on furnaces, like our class furnaces. So, okay. Large, hot, and dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the only steel company in my background is called Bethlehem Steel, and uh, they were in the Actually, shipyards. Bethlehem Steel is is very prominent um, steel company in my area. Oh, I and see. They've been, they, yeah, they were in this region. They were like a major player at one point in time. Um, the steel company I worked for at that point in time was called AK Steel. Uh-huh. Um, they're one of the, the they're a fairly large um, steel manufacturer in the U.S. and around the world too. But before that, I worked for Everest Steel, which is um, at the time they were owned by um, Roman Abramovich. Uh, you know, it's familiar with him. Oh. Russian guy. All right. Very cool. And I guess um, it's a big time difference there because I'm talking about in the very early 1980s and you're talking about a different era. Yes. Well, I think over the years, the um, steel, steel industry has changed. Some of the, the, um, the names and companies have changed over the years, you know, naturally. But if you, if you got a chance to work when I got into the industry, 
there were still some relics, or for lack of a better term, people who were around in, in the early early era, era probably when you were around it. Okay. And, you know, they're still they're still there. Right. What I mean, for lack of me not not knowing, what what is the job function that you do? Well, back then, what I did for them was I started off when I got into the industry. I started off as a maintenance mechanic, uh-huh. and my second second stint in the steel industry, I went as a maintenance supervisor on the um, in the furnace. So where at, at first, when I first got in, I was manufacturing custom steel for U.S. infrastructure, so like your highways, your bridges, and so forth. You know, steel that was needed for that. But with the economy taking a turn around 2008, that industry took a hit, and the, the plant I was with they closed. But okay. so I went for a little while, searching around, hunting jobs, traveling across the country, mostly on the East Coast trying to find work and when i when i did land a job it was in pittsburgh which is big time steel steel town you know right um and i ended up working in a, in a area called butler pennsylvania for ak steel and there we were manufacturing non-magnetic stainless steel things you use for like um your transformers and so forth okay. and, other, and other industries too. i mean we have a lot of customers but we, we did a variety of steel at that particular plant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, part of the gist of the um, of the podcast is a, my goal was to let people know what other people do and maybe their experiences could help motivate another person. Think of a job, think of a career, think of a solution to any of the problems they may have and so on. Because our listeners are so diverse and so global, there are different things that people can do. So you're your sharing is, is can be insightful for them. Um, uh, what about family, kids? I have well, I have three kids of my own. Um, okay. My youngest is my boy Mariano. He's he's what? He just turned eight not too long ago. And my middle daughter, she's eleven, and my oldest is thirteen. And it's it's nice having them. I I enjoy them. They're I tell you what, when you when you when you spend years doing the type of work that I've done in, in industrial work, yeah, eventually you're gonna have to you're gonna have to look at your life and, and kind of assess what are you working for and who you're working for. You know, we just, in, in in work we oftentimes hear people say, "Know your customer." You yes. know, and who's who's your customer? Who are you supplying? But when it comes down to it, as a family family man, your first customer. Is your family right? Right. And that's that's the best advice I can give anybody when it comes to how you view your work for your family. Right. Well, I mean, we have that in business itself, where we have inside of our company we have internal customers, and outside of the company we have external com- customers. So you're relating it kind of like to the home, where in, everyone inside the house is your internal customers. Everything else outside is is in its place oh, that's, that's, that's good that's good and and reason reason why I say like that is because in in the work world today we're oftentimes forced to, to make a, a, a decision you know what what a, which am I gonna put first and you hear companies use the, the the terminology 
work-life balance. Yeah, right. yes. <laughs> I've, I've been faced with, with that situation and circumstance multiple times throughout my, my career where I have to make that choice. Am I, am I working to work or am I working for my family? Because you choose a job or you choose a career, usually that's based upon what you want to provide for yourself. You know, the quality of life, the type of life, what you want to do, how many kids you want to have. But if you go to work and you become so consumed by the job, you can always have a problem where work either overpowers or snatches away from snatches away from what you came to work for. So I like to keep that in, in the forefront of my mind when I choose a job. And you know, like in the past few years, I've done a lot of contract work for different companies. I mean, from anybody from Amazon to other companies that manufacture different in different manufacturing fields and i always have to consider that when choosing a contract or choosing a job or, or something that i want to get into right right are like what you're saying is the true meaning of work-life balance yeah very good um what about um sip go ahead go ahead well, I was going to say one one eye opener for me was one one day. I think I had gone a stretch where I I worked almost like I was doing a major project, and I had like a, a twenty something hour day, and in that week I think I, I had pulled almost ninety hours <laughs> of work, and you know being a supervisor you kind of like locked in until the project's done, you know. Right. And when I got home, my son said to me. And he was he was way younger then. He, he says to me, "Daddy, I didn't even know you still were here." <laughs> you know, <laughs> he, he had no clue that I was coming and going. You know, right. so I had to kind of like stop and say, "You know, am I am I doing too much? And what am I doing it for?" But yeah. So he was like saying, I keep that in the back of my mind. "Okay, so he was like saying, Mommy, there's a stranger at the door." <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, you were gonna ask me about family no because i mean I, but not without losing this point it's like life lessons come right at you either you learn it on the outside or you learn it from you know like i say out of the mouth of babes mm -hmm. yeah very much so very very interesting yeah so again you're you're balancing out family and so on you have uh, external family around near you or i do and I think in the past I, ha I had more interaction mm -hmm. with relatives. Okay, we call it, right. I, I did a lot, a lot over the years, um, caring for and helping and assisting. You know, and culturally, I think we're oftentimes bred to to have this communal viewpoint of, of family, and that you know the extended family unit is, is something that we saw growing up. Right. And we oftentimes try to be our brother's keeper. Well, sister's keeper, you know, and I think as you as you grow and and you you become a different person as, as becoming a family head and a husband, especially you have you have to really kind of fine tune what that defines as and what your need is, because if you're not careful, it, it, that too could sneak in, yeah. you know, and 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 disrupt your actual nucleus, you know, your wife and your kids. So right. I, I know in in looking at it in hindsight 
I think I wouldn't, I would not say be as generous as I was in the past, but these days I'm cautious as to how I help and how my helping affects others, especially in my household, my, my, right, my kids. Right. And it's selective a, in what I do. And it's a good point because I, um, I told someone um, there's a principle of that the whole world uses is to, is to love your neighbors yourself. And so we tend to focus on the love the neighbor part, like extended family members, relatives. Mm-hmm. And uh, we forget about the love yourself part. So to love your neighbor as yourself, it, it requires, oh, what's your opinion on that anyway? to that realization when you can't makes you a better person because maybe you can you can help um 
again, another one of the things we're doing here is uh, the podcast is giving back. And um, we know we conventional wisdom say we tend to give back resources or other sources of um, information. And I was hoping that we would do something like that here to give back by giving our conventional, not only the conventional wisdom, but our experience wisdom, accumulative experience wisdom. And so that's a way to give back. And it's kind of a form of modesty without, um, or by recognizing that's all we have to give back, you know, our experiences. So pretty cool. Pretty cool. My, my wife, my wife showed me a point recently. We were having a conversation about this topic of giving to people. And she said, a lot of times people come to you with, uh, um, an idea or, or a need more so, and you want to help them. Or you want to you want to guide them in some way. She said we have to stop thinking that the physical assistance is important, right? And start looking at the principles that we can we can pass on. Because you want to tell people, oh, do this, do that, you know, take this this step and that, make that effort, and they don't they don't really get it. But if you look at the principles and what governs the situation, and help them to to see how to use that they benefit more because now they learn how to live remember all laws is based off of a principle anyway right so if they follow the, the guidelines of that principle and make it their own nine out of ten times their choices in the future that put them in x or y situation is going to be different because right. they have right. something of substance to go off of right no, I, I appreciate what you're saying. Yeah, I appreciate what you're saying because it, it um, someone in our audience could pick it up and say, "Oh, yeah, they, you know that makes sense." And uh, from a lot of angles, I know there's examples. I've seen it in some movies and other things too. That uh, the gift someone gave someone was not the best thing the person needed because, for example, you give someone a car and back away. Maybe you gave him the car and you had just paid the down payment. Now they're forced to make the rest of the payments. They need to buy insurance. They need to buy fuel. They need to maintain it, get in license and insurance. So you gave them almost like a, a, a um, <laughs> what's the word? You yeah, gave them, that double, double sword. Yeah, you gave them something that makes them happy at the moment. And then wait a minute, you know? Oh, I know another person that came off of a game show and they won a car. And they had to come up with the money to pay the taxes for the cars. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> so all these type of things are some gifts are not um, is not helping the person, but giving them some amount of wisdom might help. And sharing your experience with them might be the more appropriate thing to give. I agree with that. I think my, my, bro my brother my brother said this morning in the conversation that. We were talking about some of these um, situations we've seen in the U.S. with the um, political climate and, you know, all the, the deaths and whatnot. And there was a, a case, one of the cases that's prominent in the media right now is the, I think the victim was awarded a $12 million um, reward for, or settlement for the issues that happened. And my brother said, is the, is the $12 million worth it or should they have taken... The, the um the punish should the person have been punished for their actions so it's like what do you really want as a society or as an individual so like it's, it's, it's your your family or or your um kin who has been wronged 
and now you're being awarded by the court $12 million. Is that going to really suffice? Is that going to do it for you? Or is that going to now cause you problems in the future? Because now you, you never had $12 million in hand, and, and now you have $12 million. Are you going to squander it, send yourself into poverty? You know, it's a lot of different problems that could arise from that instantaneous handout. <laughs> <laughs> When I tell you, a lot of people that are listening to us would agree that it would be really nice to have the 12 million. <laughs> um, but you have to be balanced with that. My, my hand isn't made out of glass, but it, it, at the same time, it's it's definitely something to consider. Yeah. Because, like, he, he even made the point, if you look at, at a lot of the lottery winners, historically, they've not done well with the money. Right. more problems than anything. Like right. I said to him, part of the issue of that is that we're, we're taught to ex- expect to win something, but we never thought how to handle it when we get it. You know? is- so and same with, with giving advice. You you give you you could tell you could give help and give advice to people that don't know what to do with it. That is true. That is true. Their lifestyle just isn't conducive. I remember in in the early in the early years of me being married. Now, mine, amongst my siblings, we kind of all got married around the same time. So we've we've been in, in the game together, <laughs> for, for lack of a better way of saying it. Right. And the thing is, I remember in the early days, giving advice to even my brother, my sisters, you know, like, do this, do that. Sit, try and look for this type of housing and, and invest in, 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 in property and, you know, look for this type of work. And... No matter how much I said certain things to people back then, it did not take, it wasn't that it was bad advice or wrong or, but you mentally, you have to have that mental capacity to take what is being given to you and do something with it. It's like, I had people who's told, who gave me gems, as, as to put it, in advice, and I applied it and right away I saw results. And I gave that same gem others and they couldn't do anything with it so i can i could highlight it so the lesson is the lesson is go ahead (laughs) i was hoping that you would tell me the lesson is like how would we how would we sum up that lesson okay well that lesson is that lesson is this you you as an individual have to, to be ready to receive the help one right and when you get something don't take what you get and just throw it throw it at swines <laughs> it's like throwing pearls to swine that is correct because not not everybody can appreciate what you have at that time the things you're 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 going through and the experiences you gain and the the, the blessings or benefits that come to you they, they might be indicative of your life and your experience so when you when you give that advice to people, stop and look at where they are. Really, stop and look at it because they they really truly may not be able to receive it. Right. You know? And that is the lesson. You know, we we have to be careful not to throw our pearls before swine, as it's allegorically stated. And and if not, if you're taking the time to show someone how to use the gift. It's prob or how to benefit from the gift. It would have been better if they didn't even get the gift in the first place. 
it's very encouraging yeah. very very encouraging so you know i really like talking to you and 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 i would like you to come on again sometimes you can pick a, a topic that people might be very interested in and go over that it's like go in depth because you have a a, a broad spectrum from a working life interaction with people how money is managed and so on and, and how relationships and uh, that's what we want in this podcast to be able to help one another encourage one another because the problems come up around the world exactly the same and so i'm looking um, to keep perpetuating this talk in this podcast yeah, let, let yeah. it be a show that helps helps other people so definitely we'll talk and i'll invite you we'll invite you on again and you pick a subject you wanted to cover something that's passionate towards you and that can help people around the world oh yeah anytime man hey it was a pleasure being able to talk to you too uh, we, we don't get to talk enough but yeah. you know if we can if we can get together and talk like this i'm always up for it man oh uh, thank you i mean i'm just founding my finding my niche because i know i like to talk but i wanted to make it useful I, and I'm, I'm always willing to help. I mean, I, I do for my friends. I'll, I keep my circle tight, but my, any friend of mine knows that when it comes to, to advice and assistance in life, I'm always willing to help somebody grow. I, I'm there for you. I've lost too many good people over the years by not, not showing genuine interest, you know? Okay. So I try, to, I try to really be there for people. If I say I'm going to do it, I, I, you bet I'm going to do it. And you're, you're sort of a food connoisseur also, so I'm hoping you'll come on and tell us about some of those specialty dishes. People around the world might want to get some details on your dishes. Well, I, I love that, and you know, that's, that is my passion. I mean, all the work that I do could stress me out on a daily, and I still come home and, and get in that kitchen. Right. Once my knife is in my hand and my pot's on, on bubble, I, I, can, I can make myself happy. You know, that's my, my source of joy. Very good. You know, I love to talk about food. We have a lot of room on this program for um, all sorts of subjects, including food and um, sometimes music and whatever is the passion of the people, because there's a lesson in every meal that we prepare. So I look forward to talking to you oh, about yeah. that and other subjects too when you come back on. Definitely. Thank Definitely. you. So look forward to that. Well, look, it was, it was a pleasure. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. You all be safe and may, I, hope, I hope your audience benefits from, from everything we spoke of. I'm sure they will. Again, because it's a, um, it's on-demand podcast, they can uh, fill their palates at their speed, at their discretion around the world. Thank you. Thank you. Talk Look again. forward to hearing it. All right. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Free Talk with Mr. B. Please remember to subscribe and turn on notifications so you don't miss the next episode.